Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today, and I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Yeah, I'm sitting in the president's chair. Yes, so, so how's anybody, that feel? So anybody watching, there has not been a coup. <laughs> uh, all right, I just want to make it. Nobody there. really wants Tim's job. <laughs> no. That's what that's, you have to go, I don't want that job. Why no, would I? No, would... just happened to have an empty chair here, so I'm happy. There, there you sit. Uh-huh. Chris Woodward is also uh, in studio with us. Good morning. Good morning to you. I ate all of uh, Tim's popcorn in his absence. Yes. Well. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Yeah, Ron Ron Cook, oddly uh, enough, that's mm-hmm. his last name. He he makes the popcorn for us. He does a lot of other things, too, here uh, at American Family Radio. But I just p- walked by, and mm-hmm. he was uh, stocking the snack machine. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I told him, I said, you, you remember that song, The Candyman Can? I said, you, you are the snack man. Yes. So he keeps us uh, loaded. Ray Pritchard joins us from somewhere out on the Great Plains. Ray, good morning. <laughs> somewhere on the west side of Kansas City. How are you, Ed? Hey, doing great. Doing great. I for, uh, Ray, I, I, I forgot when I got in here and saw the, uh, the list uh, of who's on the show. Of course, we've already had our meeting uh, earlier. I... Ordinarily, when I'm subbing for Tim, I usually have some snappy uh, little title for for you, or s- some some unusual adjective. You yes, drop in there I do. To, to, yeah, to and, and I, I saw Ray Pritchard done. I said, "Oh man, I forgot Ray's." So I'm going to come up with something before the it's, end of the show. It's the day after a holiday weekend. <laughs> you know, we all got it. We, we got to have some extra grace. Going, That's right. right. That's right. Well, we are uh, going to cover the news of the day, and now I took off some at the end of last week. Mm-hmm. kept up, kept up, kept up with the news, but it has been a an extraordinarily busy yes. week and weekend in terms of news. And folks, I just got to tell you, uh, Fred and I, we remember the days of the AFA report yes. with Brother Don, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it was a it was a struggle. That was just a twenty uh-huh. five minute program uh-huh. when I first started on yeah. it, yeah. and it was a struggle to find news. Yes, and and I don't know what has happened in, well, in the everything that Brother Don predicted would happen in their culture. He saw the the cultural trends. Yeah. And so we would talk about cultural trends. Yeah. That if this happens, then likely this is going to happen. And, well, we're down the road now, 20 years from that. Yeah. And what he predicted would happen because of our culture leaving its biblical moors. And look where we are today. Yeah. It is incredible, all the stuff that mm-hmm. uh, that is going on. Well, before we proceed any further... Uh, this was Memorial Day weekend. Yes. I hope that folks, you're listening, you had a blessed Memorial Day weekend and remembered at least uh, to uh, pray and thank God for the freedoms that we have for those who have given their lives. I saw, I have a friend and a um, Today's Issues uh, viewer, uh, listener, um, who posted um his name is John. I don't like to give last names unless I get permission. But he posted a little meme and something that probably some of our listeners have seen. These kinds of things 
around Memorial Day are common, but it had two scenes. It had people at the beach, mm-hmm. and it had the words, your beach day, mm-hmm. and then it had uh, maybe Utah Beach. I'm not sure which beach it was, but it, anyway, it was D-Day, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. said their day at the beach. Yeah. So that you could have your day right. at the beach. And yeah. boy, that just that just gave me chills when I saw that over the weekend. And uh that is why we honor those who have given us our freedoms. But yeah. yeah. I, I happened to tune in to Sandy Rios' program yesterday, and I believe it was a reporter with the Chicago Tribune <laughs> who uh covered the Vietnam War. And he was in Saigon when all of and it was it was just I couldn't turn off the radio. Wow. It was just amazing as he unfolded the story there and what was going on behind the scenes, behind the headlines. Right. Because we know where the media was going with the coverage of the Vietnam War in particular. But what was happening there as a reporter and trying to get the stories out because that was the day prior to cell phones yeah, and, and all, you know, uh, laptops and all that sort of thing. He actually had to run down the street to go to a building to get his story in back to the Chicago oh, Tribune wow. yeah. and and use locals who you trusted. I mean, the job was much more complicated then. But uh, there were some really good programs uh, on the um, uh, one of the networks, one of the history networks on uh, World War II. And we need to be reminded. Uh, we, we talk about those who sacrificed for us. We need to be reminded seeing the pictures because we are a visual kind of generation Mm -hmm. now. When you actually see the pictures, uh, Okinawa and what was happening and and Borneo, and they had actual pictures of of the battles and what, and of course, Pearl Harbor and all of that. Right. We need those reminders. Yes. We really do. Visual reminders. There are people who went to war who died. For the freedoms that we have, it's not just a phrase. And they were young, young men. Yes, I mean these are young, eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-olds. There yes. were others older, but mm-hmm. these are young men who, who law, who sacrificed their future, mm-hmm. the, the wives they would have married, the children they would have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all that was given up. Yes. Entire family trees that mm-hmm. were sacrificed. Mm-hmm. So that we could have freedom, yeah. and and now now Fred and and Ray and and Chris and many of ours uh, folks who are listening, we were taught all this. Mm-hmm. Chris, you have a story uh, about some of the uh, younger folks on college campuses and elsewhere who are being taught something completely different uh, about Memorial Day, and not only is it sad, it's dangerous. Yeah, this this story should make the uh, federal government refund us all the money that has gone to the Department of Education. Right. Uh, Campus Reform, a center-right organization of uh, college students, uh, they're they're known for doing videos where they do kind of man-on-the-street news segments where they go to a campus or maybe they go to a street corner and they interview young people about this and that. In this particular case... uh, Campus Reform, a reporter with them, asked various uh, young people, students, what they thought about Memorial Day and whether or not we should celebrate that or observe that as a country. And listen to uh, some of these examples from these young people. Clip two. And I don't think Memorial Day should be a thing that we celebrate personally. Okay, why not? Um, I feel like it's a celebration of U.S. imperialism and colonialism. I think it represents a lot of negative aspects of America and highlights something that, you know, people shouldn't necessarily be proud of. Do you know why we celebrate Memorial Day? Um, 
I know it's like veterans. Yeah. Do you know why we celebrate Memorial Day? Not really, no. Um, to be honest, not really. Mm. Ray, I, I tell you, I, I saw that over the uh, the weekend <laughs> and uh, sent it to our news folks because I wanted us to uh, cover it today. But uh, when I saw it, I, I was infuriated. Now, let, let me just say, let me stop and say, I am sure that there were some young people who knew the answer, mm -hmm. knew what Memorial Day was for, and probably were supportive of what the U.S. has done in terms of making the world a safer place. But it seems like the number of young people who answer this way is growing. And it is it, it angers me to no end. You know, it. it seems like there are two factors at play here. Number one, our educational system has been gutted to the point where what we call traditional American history is simply not being taught. So you feel really sorry for these young people because they don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know about the sacrifices of Okinawa, Iwo Jima. They don't know about uh, the Battle of the Bulge. They don't know about D-Day. So if you don't know, then a weekend like we've just gone through, it it's a long day at the beach, right? right. It's a long right. weekend. It's a holiday to have some fun. You don't even stop to think about it. The other part, I think that this is the part that makes me angry, is are those answers the students gave uh, saying this is about American imperialism. Uh, this makes me ashamed to be an American. Yeah, our country has made mistakes. Every country, every country that's ever existed has made mistakes. But we are talking about the men and, and women also there who have served and laid down their lives for the cause of liberty and freedom. They ought to be respected, honored, and remembered. You know, Fred, you were talking about Brother Don and the and others like him, you know, oh. James Dobson, Phyllis Schlafly, uh, others um, who were of that generation who were warning of the trends, mm -hmm. okay, about what is coming uh, and what's around the corner, and here we are. Uh, but it, I will say this, it, it, it never occurred to me that Marxists, which I believe is the worldview and ideology that has been behind what has been taught in public education, colleges and universities, now in high school, maybe even younger, and the reason I say it's Marxist is because when I went to Boston College, it was being taught then. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I, but I will say this: I never really thought they'd be as successful mm -hmm. as they have been yes. in teaching young people. I, I watched this video; some of it we couldn't even put mm -hmm. on because right. of the vulgarity and the obscenities that were that were spoken by these young people about this country. All right, this is a Christian radio network; we can't do that. Uh, but when I was hearing them talk about colonialism and imperialism, yeah. I thought you didn't come up with that on your own. No, somebody told you that, yeah. and you bought it. Well, and and it's it, it's been, you know, our education system, but also our entertainment system. You know, a lot of people. Uh, Norman Lear was one of the experts of taking comedy with a political message. All in the family. All in the family. You had Mash. You remember the characters of yes. MASH? Whenever they could, they knocked the United States. Right. The United States was wrong all the time. And, and so even though there was comedy mixed in with that, the message was, was constant that America was in the wrong in, in, in these various venues. And I, I think, so our kids today, 
are, are and even the generation, you know, my kids are in their 30s. Yeah. That's what they were taught. And so when you're taught that over and over again, and when the spin coming out of, you know, the Middle East and Iraq and, you know, not shortly after 9-11, you had people in Hollywood saying the United States got what it deserved. Yes. In 9-11. Right. They got what it deserved, that we were being attacked by these Islamic mm. terrorists because they were mad at us because we had soldiers in Iraq. Yeah. That's what we were taught. That's what people were taught. And so when you're getting that from so many, so many mm. different angles and moms and dad aren't sitting down and saying that's wrong, right. here's the real history of this, and stop for a moment. Freedom has a price. Freedom has a price. How is it that you, college student today, have the right to say what you're saying? Yeah. How, how is it? I mean, it, it, it just burns me when I see people burning the American flag. Yeah. That flag stands for something. And you know what? And, and, and we need to move on because, no, no. But, but let, let me just say uh, that you, you, can't, you can't even properly understand American history without learning the good and the bad. Yes. Okay. So yes. And I don't want to, you know, highlight our mistakes. Most of us are aware of the things that we have done wrong as a country. Okay. But you can't, you can't even learn that unless you study the things we've done well, mm -hmm. uh, as well as the things we have done uh, wrongly uh, and the, the wrong things that we have done. So let me just say in terms of uh, folks who are listening, you say, what can, what can we do? Okay. Well, first of all, if your parents and your kids are young, teach them. You're, you may have some very fine public schools where you live, but there are also many public schools that are not right. teaching the whole truth and are brainwashing children. So find out what's being taught at your school. If they're doing the right thing, great. Mm. If they're not doing the right thing, that's terrible. But in any case, parents, you are going to have to supplement the education your kids are getting if you want them to understand the whole truth. One more thing. I am encouraged when I'm seeing the backlash against critical race theory. Yes. Across this country. I was watching a parents group this morning uh, speaking on Fox and Friends uh, against critical race theory uh, in, is it Loudoun County in Virginia? Yes. I'm, That's kind of um, like ground zero. Ground zero the attorney general of Montana last week, mm -hmm. that critical race theory is not going to be tolerated in our schools and in the workplace. You know, we're just, we're not going to allow this because it's built on Marxism. Right. And, and this is America. We're just not going to, and, and the AG in, uh, in Montana mm -hmm. said, if you're challenged, your kid is challenged in the schools. If you're challenged in the workplace about this, sue your employer, right? Sue the school board. And so there is, that's, to me, is a sign of encouragement that I think conservatives have put pushback and pushback and pushback, and they're saying no more. Well, Ray, to, to me, what Fred is talking about is, well, let me just say this. Generally speaking, I think conservatives and hopefully Christians are nice people, okay? Right. There can right. be a lot of jerks in any political, you know, uh, group. I understand that. But what I'm saying is we have hesitated to push back for a long, long time. And the other side has not hesitated at all. 
And now it is time to do like Fred is saying. Now it's time to say, we don't care what you say. Mm. Our kids are going to be taught this. And if you don't like it, move to another state. And if you really love Marxism, then try Cuba or China and see see how enjoyable that experience is. Yeah, take a trip to North Korea. Let yes. us know. Yes. Let us know how that works out for you there. Yeah. You know, look, I think the the point Fred's making about the backlash against CRT is is very well taken. We've already we've talked several times about Matthew Lohmeyer, the uh, the, the Space Force commander who got relieved. But his book, Irresistible Revolution, shot to the top of the of the Amazon charts because it was saying what American people understand, that the CRT is it's fundamentally Marxism just glossed over a little bit. Therefore, it's fundamentally anti-democracy. It's anti-American. Uh, I think Ed and Fred, I thank God for signs like this. We need more people to speak out, especially on a local level, especially as it relates to school board elections and decisions, because your voice makes a difference. Last thing I'll say, Ed, is this. The other side understands this may be better than we do. Yeah, we're we're catching up, though. We're catching up and figuring this out. All right, Chris, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. I think we've... uh, kind of explored that topic yes. as much as we need to today. Uh, all right. So uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is in the news for a lot of things, uh, not just that tweet saying enjoy the long weekend, completely ignoring what Memorial Day is all about. But also she uh, gave a speech at the Naval Academy over the weekend, and uh, it was a very woke speech, and she tried to deliver a joke. It bombed. And I have a little bit of audio here just to give you an idea of what uh, Vice President Kamala Harris had to say to, uh, I guess, future uh, naval officers of these United States of America. Clip nine. You are electrical engineers who will soon help convert solar and wind energy into power, convert solar and wind energy into combat power. And just ask any Marine today, Would she rather carry 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel? And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel, and so would he. Okay, that that's just bizarre. Now, I, 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 I want to say, in a word, that I try. I, I I really do try, folks. Maybe you don't believe me when I say this. I really do try to listen to what the person is saying, mm-hmm. rather than starting with who's saying it and automatically disagreeing with it just because it's Kamala Harris. That's very good. That's you, a very good way to look at. You it. know, Joe, uh, Joe Biden is the president of the United States, and I try to listen to what he says rather than starting with, it's Joe Biden, whatever he says is nonsense. But that was nonsense, okay? <laughs> just what she said was just bizarre. First of all, let me just say this. Whatever you think about women in the military and what part they should play, when you're talking about the Marines or you're talking about the Army, it is, for the most part, he. Yes. Not she. Mm-hmm. All right, now I understand she was wanting to make a point Okay, it's free country. You can make it. But then to say that that the Marine Corps are going are their electrical engineers and that they're going to bring in, you know, make changes for climate. 
No, the Marines, like the rest of the military, are built to kill people and break things. That's what they do. <laughs> so they may learn skills that they can learn, you know, put into practice later on. But uh, th- that was nonsense. And besides, my understanding is I've never been in the military. Fred, you have. I don't know if you've kept up. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. But uh, my understanding is even if you use solar, these po- portable uh, fold-out solar panels, they are meant to recharge your batteries. You still have to carry the batteries around. I, I don't know what she was saying. Solar, those fold-out solar things don't actually store energy or power, I don't think. You know, listening, okay, let's focus on her comments. Yeah. I heard a person who reads about what it's like to be a soldier. Right. Yeah. Obviously, she does not have a clue about the military and what life is like in the military, including for female recruits. Right. They got to be tough. Yeah. They got to be tough. There may be some adjustment for some of the, the physical training between males and females. But you still got to be tough, right? You really do. And 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 she was talking, you know, from a an academic chair, armchair, looking back and and reading something and and then repeating it as if she actually knew what it was going to be like, right? Or what it's like in there. So she has she has no zero credibility right. when it when it's talking about things military. But I, I just I just got thinking about you know what you can talk about solar panels till the cows come home. I'm sorry, you're not going to put a solar panel on a vehicle that's heading into Fallujah, right? To fight, uh, you're going to have weapons that are not driven by solar panels, right? You know, and it's dangerous. And you talk about it like you sit around a table with a bunch of your friends who have no military background whatsoever, and she delivers that speech, no wonder people were so quiet. She got a polite applause because she's the vice president, and that was it. They probably had a very good chat and maybe even a laugh when it was all over. Uh, Ray, I'm sorry that I'm asking you this question. I don't know the answer to it. Did you ever serve in the military? I I did not. and You know, I listened to that that thing, and we we set it up as saying she tried to to, to tell a joke what was the joke part of that it didn't uh, it was something that she was saying that if you ask any marine she will tell you that it's better to carry the solar the fold-out solar panel than to carry the batteries and so would he oh I, so it's the the play between she and he yeah. that's yes the, i don't that know whether this was a transgender joke that she can become he or that the male the, the the guy Marines mm-hmm. would also be happy not to have to carry the batteries around. I'm right. not sure what the joke was. And if, listen, she, Ed, I know a Ed, good joke when I hear it. And if I don't understand it, all right, it ain't funny. The major <laughs> takeaway here is she needs better writers, I think. <laughs> she needs to get through a speech without doing the awkward laugh that right. thing. When, when something doesn't go her way or she's stressed, she giggles. And and it's and everybody it's, has a tell. You, that's her thing. Listen, I, I just got to tell you, uh, I've recorded several of those laughs, and I when I go to bed, I put it on playback. <laughs> it keeps it keeps mice away. I don't know if you guys know this. It's it's uh, okay. That was probably ugly. Okay. And listen, my no one's giving me awards for my laugh either. <laughs> I'll I'll give you a smattering of applause. I have a, a loud laugh. Everything about me is loud. My laugh is terrible, so I'm making fun of somebody else 
who has a terrible laugh. Yeah. But it really does. You got to try it. It keeps mice away and roaches. <laughs> you know, like those things you plug into your wall socket, they say it keeps yeah. it. All right. See, I didn't get much laughter, and I'm not even. She's not coming to your birthday party. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back for more today's issues. Great things directly ahead. I hope you believe me. <laughs> Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Abraham Hamilton III of the Hamilton Corner. If you are a believer, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know very well that we have been instructed uh, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the habit of some may be. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio and on Facebook. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Chip and Joanna Gaines, the home improvement megastars, are facing a woke media mob. Seems the Gaines donated money to a school board candidate opposed to critical race theory, a candidate who happens to be Chip's sister. Unfortunately, many public school classrooms have been infected with critical race theory, teaching white kids they have privilege and have to repent for the color of their skin. Once word of the Gaines family donation leaked out, the drive-by media went into attack mode, accusing the fixer-upper stars of being racist and white supremacist. It's not the first time Chip and Joanna have been unfairly maligned by the drive-by media, and it won't be the last. The Gaines family has earned a national audience because of their devotion to God and family. But instead of focusing on the great things the family's done for Waco, Texas, the drive-by media wants to take these good and decent people down a few notches. I'm Todd Starnes. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. 
And welcome back, Ed Vitagliano, sitting in for Tim Wildman today and this week, actually. And I'm joined by Fred Jackson, Ray Pritchard, and Chris Woodward, who is going to take us take us to our next story. Yes, there has been a lot of demand in recent days for um, more information on COVID-19 and specifically how it came to be. You know, take you back a year, Senator Tom Cotton, President Trump, others uh, in the administration at the time were uh, saying that China COVID-19 came out of a lab in Wuhan. It leaked out of there somehow. Uh, people that worked there were among the first patients, if not the first patients that got out into the uh, public there in Wuhan and then spread across the globe. Uh, and over a course of a few weeks last year, around about this time, a lot of those people were labeled as conspiracy theorists or nuts. And this is racist. You're you're unfairly blaming it on Chinese people and, and things of that nature. Um, and so in recent days, there have been some uh, news articles from the New York Times and Washington Post and others that kind of, well, you know, maybe there is something to this. And that, of course, has resulted in a lot of people saying, look, we told you so. Uh, but I do want to begin with a little bit of sound here. This is uh, Fox News contributor and uh, legal expert KT McFarland also uh, talks about national security things. She was on Fox and Friends today saying Americans want answers on China and COVID-19. Clip three. By the mainstream media, social media, the tech, te tech titans, the Democrats, by all of those people refusing to allow the stories to come out about China, the damage has been done. China's gotten away with it. You know, we may have investigations now into the origins, but do you think the Chinese are going to let us in that lab? Absolutely not. Their agenda is to take over the world, to replace the United States as the dominant world power, and to be seen as deserving to do it. They're not going to take the rap for what they've done, which I think is to unleash uh, perhaps unwittingly, but to unleash unleash a pandemic on the world that has caused more devastation than a world war has done. Now, to add to that, this is where it really gets interesting. ABC White House correspondent Jonathan Carl was on a television program over the weekend when Mr. Carl, a member of the mainstream media, admitted that a lot of reporters have egg on their face over the whole Wuhan lab uh, lab leak lab uh, theory. I'm, I'm right Flip there with 10. you, brother. <laughs> Clip 10. And yes, I think a lot of people have egg on their face. This was an idea uh, that was first put forward by Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, Donald Trump. And look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. And there was, because Trump was saying so much else that was just out of control and because he was, uh, you know, making a, a, a frankly racist appeal talking about Kung flu and, and the China virus, his notion that put forward that this may have or that he said flatly that this this came from that lab was widely dismissed but actually there's some real reason we don't know by the way we still don't know we absolutely don't know uh, but now serious people are saying it needs a serious inquiry now we don't know because people like him and those that he hangs out with works with um has good personal relationships with did not do their job in the last year to go after this story. I'm not saying it came from the lab, but we don't know this today for sure because people with access and resources far beyond those of American Family News and OneNewsNow.com did not do what they were supposed to do in covering this story. Well, Fred, you've been in journalism for a long time, okay? It, it is clear from this, to me, this is a huge story. I, I wanted to make sure we covered this. I know some folks may be saying, COVID, you guys have been talking about that for a long time but this came out over the weekend with jonathan carl mm -hmm. said 
this is a blockbuster because it, it tells us and confirms what we suspected all this time, which is that the news media journalists who should have been, like Chris said, who should have been digging into this story because their job is to find out the truth, didn't do their jobs for one reason and one reason only, and that is that Republicans were the ones who were saying it might have come from that lab, especially Donald Trump. Well, it, it, it exactly, and <clears throat> pardon me, a couple of things here. He said about Donald Trump, well, he was saying some outlandish things. Okay, if I was interviewing Jonathan Carl in the week, oh, give me some examples. Right. What do you consider outlandish things? And yes, he called it the Wuhan virus. So there was, a, Spa flu. Mm -hmm. there was a Spanish flu at one time. Yes, that's right. It was called the Spanish flu. So what would be wrong with calling it the Wuhan virus if you had intelligence which told you it came from a lab in, uh, in Wuhan, China? Point two is it wasn't just Donald Trump. It was uh, also Senator Tom Cotton. Mm-hmm. It was also our Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, that were saying these things. Right. But as you say, it was just because Republicans were saying it that uh, all of a sudden it didn't it didn't ring true. But but what really bothers me is that, and you've kind of alluded to it, there was a mindset amongst the reporters in Washington and most of the mainstream networks, that Donald Trump, and I, I back it up a bit more, Donald Trump interfered with the leftist agenda of the Democratic Party, and let's face it, 99.9% .9 of the mainstream media journalists are maybe not card-carrying Democrats, but they vote Democrat. Right. That's been proven in polls. Right. So he comes along, and so I'm. we're talking about, you know, the Russia collusion, you know, it turns out... A fantasy. A fantasy. Mm -hmm. Spent two years and, what, tens of millions of dollars or more on that. So uh, it, it, it goes to the reporter's agenda. It was Donald Trump saying something. We're going to say it's wrong. We're going to dismiss it. And for Jonathan Carl to say, oh, some of us have egg on our face. No, you have egg on your face because you didn't do your job. Right. You should have at least checked it out. And... and Said to my, if you don't want to talk to then President Trump, talk to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Where are you getting your information? Right. What, what's your source of information on that? What makes you believe that this case? Tom Cotton. We know when uh, was it was a Cotton? He's a doctor, right? Was it? Isn't he a doctor? Is Tom Cotton a doctor? I think he's a legal background. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah. Bad. Was it was it Tom Cotton also that wrote that article for the New York Times or Washington Post? That that was dismissed. Yes, right. There was an uprising inside the newsroom because he had a different perspective than the journalists there. This is not; these people are not journalists anymore. They are political activists. Yeah, and Ray, it, really, the, the the republic cannot function as it was intended to function by our founders if the news media does not do its job i mean you've got to have now there's been yellow journalism for our entire history and by that i mean one-sided political journalism that takes i mean that's why most big cities had two major newspapers because you had a conservative newspaper and a liberal newspaper you had the chicago 
Tribune mm. and the Chicago, what was the other one there? But Sun-Herald. Some, maybe the Sun-Herald, New York Times, New York Post. So it, it, what it, you, you do have had newspapers that take a, take a side, but you always had journalists who were wanting to get to the truth. And I'm not sure our republic can function properly if you don't have that watchdog. Well, in the first place, Ed, there's, a, there's been a tremendous failure here on the part of the, quote, fourth estate, the journalistic mm-hmm. side of things, both the print media, Internet, the, the TV. I mean, it's complete failure. Suppose we just flip this around for a minute and, and just look at it from the Chinese side. Now, the, the government over there, the Chinese government, the the the, the, the Chicoms. Chicoms. <laughs> they lie. They lie repeatedly. They lie intentionally. They lie even when people know they are lying because they know they can get away with it. Right. right? It's just, it's systemic. It's inside their system. Okay. So suppose we say this. Ed, just just walk with me for a second here. Let's say that. President Trump and Tom Cotton, the others, exactly right. What now appears to be that it did that it did start in that Chinese lab over there in Wuhan, and let's just, for the sake of argument, say it was not intentional. It wasn't a they weren't trying to weaponize things. Let's say it's an accidental release. Right. If if the American media had treated this story fairly and not just as a way to attack Donald Trump and the conservatives, they treated this fairly. Is it not possible that if China had been forced to take responsibility early on, maybe this virus could have been contained? Maybe it would not have become the worldwide catastrophe we've seen. Maybe there would not be several million people dead around the world and millions more who suffered from this terrible virus if the truth had been told. Is it not the responsibility of American journalism to go after the truth without fear or favor, at least historically, Ed, that's what I thought journalism was all about. Well, I think historically that's what it did. And and you always, you always had someone out there in the journalistic field who was going to get to the truth, right. even if it was personally painful. Mm-hmm. Okay. In other words, it brought down a particular, you know, political leader that you were once favorable to. I, I know there are all kinds of exceptions to that. Um, the news media, my understanding is, covered up uh, John F. Kennedy's philandering. I mean, th- that that kind of thing has gone on. I don't mm-hmm. want to give a rosy-eyed, you know, uh, impression here about the news media, but I think it has become, like you said, just kind of a, a systemic thing where, uh, to Fred's point, the news media has become, by and large, there are exceptions, but by and large, a an arm of the Democratic Party, and that that becomes and you know a one, real one of the problem. difference one of the differences here is with John F. Kennedy, you had a, a president philandering. He wasn't the first, right. nor the last, I right. suppose. Okay, that's a story in and of itself. But we're talking, Fred, about a virus here that has killed millions of people. It was going to spread anyway, right? We understand it was going to spread, but if our journalists had done their job. Maybe there would be people alive today instead of the millions who died. At least, I mean, the, I'm, I'm just trying to point out the journalistic failure, the cost of it has been enormous, not just in America, but around the world. In a related story, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Proud Anthony proud, Fauci. So proud of you. All right. He's been a star now for almost a year and a half, right? Mm-hmm. 
high profile, oh, yeah. high profile figure. He's world famous. He's world famous, uh, both during the Trump administration and now the Biden administration. So you would think, as a journalist, uh, I want to know a little bit more about this guy. What has he said previously with regards to viruses and all this sort of thing? Why did it take until last week for a conservative journalism organization to discover something Dr. Fauci said in 2012. Now, folks, you listen to this. In a paper from 2012, Fauci defended the controversial gain-of-function research, saying that the benefits gained from the science outweigh the risk of an accidental pandemic breaking out. Now, explain for our listeners we, we need to hit the, 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 the importance of what he just said. But explain just briefly what gain of function means. Gain of function is how can I enhance this virus to do you know, what happens if it grows stronger? Yes. So you want to do research, thus the word gain. Yes. All right? Gain of function. Yeah, the virus gains the additional function, and the supposed benefit of this is so we can figure out how to stop it if a virus mutates and becomes uh, more contagious, for example, yes, than, than what it normally is, how would we respond? And so repeat what he said in 2012. In this paper, 2012, which is now almost 10 years ago. Yeah, well, nine, yeah. nine now. Yeah. Fauci defended the controversial gain-of-function research, saying that the, quote, benefits gained from the science outweigh the risk are you saying, Dr. Fauci, there's a risk to such research? Yeah, that's what he said, of an accidental pandemic breaking out. Yeah, because sometimes these viruses, and actually what I've read is it's not infrequent that these things escape from a lab. In other words, the people who work there, mm -hmm. they don't completely <clears throat> clean up no. or get you know get the, the virus off them, off their clothing, and, and the virus can escape. Yeah. Now let's look in the mirror over the last month or so. Because Dr. Fauci, under questioning from Dr. Rand Paul, who mm -hmm. is a physician, who mm -hmm. is a physician, wanted to know because the reports that have come out in the last month or so that uh, there were there was money from an entity under the control of Dr. Fauci, money that went to China for gain of function research because it's illegal in this country. That's right. Under the Obama administration. At first, Dr. Fauci denied that. Mm. Had to change the story because the, new, the truth was going to come out. That indeed some money funneled through another entity that ended up in China in, in, uh, in gain-of-function research. So, there, there's some dirt underneath the fingernails of the squeaky-clean Dr. Fauci. I think mm. he knows a whole lot more than what he told the American public. And for him to say in 2012 that this kind of research, I quote again, outweigh the risk of an accidental pandemic breaking out. And he's in charge. Right. He's, National Institute of he, Allergy and Infectious he's Disease. He's in charge. The American people are trusting him for information on this. Do you suppose because he knew he said this in 2012? He's kind of been coaching what he has said in public about all of this. And there's a, maybe a reason why the World Health Organization and maybe his connection to World Health Organization 
have kind of backed away from really, really going after whether this developed in this lab. You know, Ray, I, I've got to say, every just about every science fiction novel I've ever read, just about every science fiction movie I've ever watched, there was always a scientist who said the Rick, the risk is worth it. And something was always breaking out of the lab that ate people. You and I were thinking exactly the same thing. This is what, what Fred just said. Is, that's something Hollywood would come yes. up with, you know. A big budget sci-fi where you have these, it, it, that before you have the lab breakout, you got the guys in the white jackets yeah. going. One guy saying, no, be careful, be careful. But the older guy, you know, the, the voice of wisdom, no, let's go ahead. Let's, let, let Go ahead, pour that stuff in the in, in the beaker there. <laughs> hey, let me just say, give you two words: Jurassic Park. There you go. Still okay? making sequels to Still that. Still making too. sequels because something broke out of the lab. That's the right. power went out. So what Dr. Fauci is saying is, is is not surprising, but the risks, Dr. Fauci, are oftentimes the most horrifying alternatives you can think of. And for millions of people around the world, I'm not blaming Dr. Fauci for it right i'm just saying his thinking may have led to it yes. in another country yes All i right. would i would just add to that that if dr anthony fauci was a shoe he would be a flip-flop uh, <laughs> i see what you did i never there. said it was That's the good. end all be all <laughs> all right let's had move to, on I had to get that in there okay yeah. uh real quick um an organization called job creators network you might have heard that name mentioned i've interviewed them on a number of occasions about all sorts of economic things uh, Job Creators Network is involved in a lawsuit against Major League Baseball for moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta. You might remember earlier this year, Georgia kind of got the ball rolling in what's being known as uh, election integrity laws, where they increase the amount of time for early voting, but maybe they strengthen this area and whatnot to make sure that people are voting fairly and accurately. And as Governor uh, Brian Kemp and others have pointed out, it makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat. Despite Many times in which they've been able to show examples of that and prove it, you've still had a lot of people like Stacey Abrams and others saying that this amounts to Jim Crow. It's Jim Crow in a suit. It's uh, racism. It's all sorts of things, whatever they want to claim it is. Uh, but Major League Baseball decided they were going to try to, you know, be proactive about this and, and, and get Georgia back uh, economically. So they made the decision several months ago, Major League Baseball did, to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta, and they ended up putting it in Denver, which is a state with various uh, voter reform laws and things like that to make sure people are voting fairly over there. Uh, but when Major League Baseball moved it out of Georgia, they basically killed a lot of economic opportunity and really hit minority businesses near the area where the stadium is, uh, and they're not going to have business now that all these millions of people aren't going to be coming to town to watch the game or uh, party and, and things of that nature. So Job Creators Network is going to court suing Major League Baseball for moving the game out of Atlanta. And I have some sound here, Brent. This is Alfredo Ortiz, head of Job Creators Network on Fox & Friends, talking about this situation clip four. 
We filed a lawsuit yesterday in federal court uh, in New York and basically making that uh, request or demand really that they bring the game back to Atlanta where it rightfully belongs and should have never been moved to begin with or quite frankly set up a relief fund of $100 million which is the estimated damages to our local businesses across Georgia. There are nine times as many uh, black owned small businesses in Atlanta mm -hmm. than there are in Denver. So the very group that supposedly him and others uh, wanted to try to protect, he, he's actually Actually hurting them and that's why we, we, we took action well Fred it, it's it's clear to me that uh, wokeism which you know there's all kinds of made-up names that we're having to come up with to describe this uh, kind of ideology that's nicknamed woke mm -hmm. so wokeism is clearly what was behind the decision of Major League Baseball to move the all-star game they clearly didn't think it through because they were virtue signaling mm -hmm. and they wanted the approval of the woke crowd. But, and I have no idea whether this lawsuit will succeed. I tend to think it's a long shot. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I, I don't know how you decide who would get money from this fund because you have no idea who is actually going to do well while folks are in to watch the All-Star game. But it, it is clear that this virtue signaling woke ideology is costing people not only individuals who have a job in the government or a job at, at a college campus or a job here or a job there where they criticize critical race theory for example and they're fired but it is costing maybe it is a hundred million dollars but it is certainly costing minority businesses mm -hmm. and non-minority white businesses mm -hmm. a ton of money because this game has been moved for the sake of virtue signaling. Well, I, I'm still scratching my head a little bit with corporate America these days. And I mean, it started back, what was it, the bathroom law in North Carolina? Right. Remember? Uh, it, what Target. Was Target. Transgender uh, bathroom policy. Well, oh, it was PayPal. There was, it was a, it was a bunch. Yeah. We're going to move. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not going to expand in North Carolina because of this. I'm still scratching my head. What is it about corporate America today that they feel they have to side with the left even though most of their customers are probably on the right or at least in states mm -hmm. or in the south or when think. it comes to the baseball fans what's awoke right you know I, I i'm not understanding why you're so upset about this so who are they playing to that's my first question who is corporate america playing to the only answer plausible that i can come up with they know they're going to get good media coverage they're right. going to get the hand clapping of uh, the media, uh, the mainstream media, which is woke far left. And as far as the government of the day goes, uh, the Democrats are going to celebrate and say, isn't this a wonderful thing? So I, I cannot figure out economically they are going to lose because of this. Corporate America is going to lose because of this, because if people have the option, instead of going to Target, they're going to buy their blankets or whatever their clothes somewhere else but now they've got baseball fans now they've got these business owners in atlanta upset with them over what they're going to lose in all of this I, i'm just and again I, I guess it comes down to what the left does many times does not make logical sense it really doesn't make logical sense to me that you're willing to trade getting all of these people upset that you're, they're upset because they're losing business. They're upset because they're losing a, a, 
uh, uh, just an historic baseball game. For what? Because you're going to get a lead story that's positive tonight on ABC or CNN. Well, I don't understand. Ray, what, what's what's your take on that? Fred Ray's. I I, I have a guess. Um, what's your what's your take on the motivation behind corporate America going woke and possibly well, losing? I, I think they expected the governor and the legislature down there to roll over. Because that has happened in other places mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the country. Yes. That I think they thought the bad press would cause the state to roll over. And then they were they were going to have everything. They were going to get their kudos, their publicity, and they were going to get this. They'd this, be heroes. Yeah, yes. Yes. I think they thought they were going to win it. To me, the good lesson here is when you stand up, if we had elected officials who would stand up against the woke crowd, you can win that battle because I think Georgia's come out of this looking pretty good. Yes. I, I will say this. I, I agree with what you guys are saying, and that's very insightful as well, uh, Ray. I, I think, Fred, that part of the part of what part of the calculation being made by corporate America is this. They believe woke is the future. Mm-hmm. They believe woke is what most young people believe. Uh, and that that percentage is going to grow, and they want to be on that side because they're looking to the future mm-hmm. to keep to gain and keep customers who applaud their wokeism. Uh, but yeah. I, I also agree with what you guys are saying. I think it's clear that they thought they would win this, and they'd have their cake and eat it too. So, well, I think what happens. So I think the woke wake up. Yeah, that's what happens. You grow up. You start having kids and households, and you have to start paying the bills. Yeah. And then you finally realize woke policies are bad. They're bad for the economy, and they're not going to help me in my endeavors to raise a family. But you have minority businesses in the Atlanta area that look at this virtue signaling on the part of some of these companies that are being woke. You'd think minorities would say, applaud that. Yeah. If if the accusation against Georgia was correct, but instead they're going, what are you doing? You you just cost me a bunch of business. We're going to sue you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a five-minute break for news, and when we come back, Chris has got more yes. awesome stuff for us. We'll be back in a five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.